So hello and welcome to Compulsive Reader Talks. I'm Magdalena Ball and today's guest Sarah Kidd is a food writer for Vegan Food and Living UK, Nourish Mag in AU. She's written previously written Bake Vegan Stuff, Easy Recipes for Kids and Adults too, and runs a vegan baking show, Vegan Around the World in addition to monthly online professional vegan baking workshops. She's joining us today to talk about her gorgeous new book published by Smith Street, The Vegan Cake Bible. Sarah, welcome. Hey, Maggie, nice to be connecting with you. Yeah. Nice to connect with you too, uh, especially after following you for so long. So um, look, uh, I, I have read uh, how a gluten-free chai cake posted on social media thrust you into celebrity chefdom uh but i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure that your journey to become the vegan so cake long queen, ago yeah started long before that so talk, just talk to me a little bit about your journey did it did it start in childhood have you always been baking cakes uh hey that's a great question i guess i started baking with my nan it's one of those stories i always loved had a really great love for food and desserts especially and uh, I started studying as a chef out of school when I was 19 before I changed my career and went into the film industry. Uh, and from the film industry, I was really passionate about working on documentary that specialised in animal rights and environmentalism. However, I wanted to change my career again and I decided that uh, food was a really great way to go as I already had such a huge passion for it. And I wanted to build a movement around vegan food. And I decided that vegan baking and desserts would be a really great way to go. So when was that? This, this must pretty early on in terms of, uh, I guess, the worldwide adoption of veganism as a, as a thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been vegan for probably about 20 years now, a really long time. However, I started uh, doing cakes probably... I'd say probably about seven years ago now, I had a small cake business on the side whilst I was working in the film industry and then decided that I wanted to leave the film industry and kind of move it online uh, and build a community around that. Mm, yeah, there is something special about cakes, isn't there? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, it's like a beautiful and elaborate gift every time it's made, isn't it? Oh, I totally agree. I think that's one of the, the main reasons I decided to focus on cakes is because it was a really uh, graceful way to have a conversation about veganism without it being too offensive or abrupt because not a lot of people like to talk about it and feel like you're attacking them. However, I was making all these really beautiful cakes and I'd get people to taste them and I'd go, hey, did you know I made that with no eggs? And they're like, wow, I can't believe you did that. And that was just a really nice way to, to talk about it without it being too jarring. Mm, yeah, wonderful. It's uh it's amazing, really, to, to think about the changes that have happened, you know, in the world uh, over the past, I, I don't know, well, let's say 20 years since you, I, I imagine when you were first first vegan, and uh, and I know from, you know, 10 years ago, how hard it was to go out to a restaurant or, or get food. And now, you know, there's this whole array of things available, right? It's very easy to, to get hold of ingredients. Um, have you, ha, you know, have you seen a dramatic amount of changes? Has it impacted on you and the way that you approach your, your cooking? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, when I was first vegan, there was literally nothing in the supermarkets and the way that I could see the progression of veganism coming into the mainstream was simply by the ingredients that were available in the supermarket. 
I mean, the stuff that's available now is just huge. People have no idea how lucky they are. We've got like so many ice creams, cheese, creams, milks, just everything is now available as a vegan version uh, as as compared to when I first started, which is crazy. Uh, and it's really exciting because people are just incorporating it into their everyday life uh, very easily now with, without it being too jarring or uncomfortable. It's very, very easy to do now. Yeah, you can even go to a fast food restaurant and get something. So I guess for young yeah, people, just like, being able to fit in easy. makes you know makes life a little bit easier. Yeah, has, definitely. Has there been like one ingredient <laughs> or two ingredients that you always struggle to get that now you can get? Oh, I definitely say uh, what's been a game changer in the baking scene is vegan block butter. Because as opposed to we were always using margarine, whereas block butter is, you know, definitely a lot more effective and more tasty uh, to use than, than margarine. Yeah. Uh, so that's been a game changer. And the other one would be uh, like soy and oat milk based whipped creams instead of like coconut cream. Uh, that's definitely been a really amazing ingredient to be incorporating into vegan baking. Um, and they taste really lovely too. So that's been really good. Yeah, great. And um, so tell me a little bit about this, this stunning book. <laughs> it's <in> the background <laughs> when I hold it up. Um, it, you did all the photography as well as I'm, I'm assuming all the baking as well. Yeah. Um, so talk yeah. me a little through the process of creating the Vegan Cake Bible. I imagine it was a huge, huge undertaking. Oh, it was the biggest, one of the biggest projects that I've ever worked on. Uh, it was during when we were all locked locked down in our houses and we couldn't we weren't allowed to leave when I was in New Zealand I went through some pretty hefty lockdowns so it actually worked out really well that I'd taken on this cookbook uh, I just I just decided that I wanted to find a publisher so I created a pitch document and sent it out to a lot of publishers and Smith Street Books were really interested so I signed a deal with them and then I literally just worked on it every single day for six months it was a tireless project because uh, I did all the cakes and all the um, <clears throat> photography as well and then writing all the content for it. It was just huge. I mean, it's a 270-page book, so it's it's big, uh, but it was very joyful. I absolutely loved the experience. I really love writing cookbooks. It was a lot of fun. And I was just in such a um, great position to be able to take on a project like that at the time. So it was just beautiful. I really loved, I loved writing this book. Mm. And it's such a, you know, just even as an artifact, it, it's so, it's so nice. It's kind of like taking the, the gift of the cake to one step further, right? You've got this permanent gift of, you know, a whole book full of cakes. So it's. Uh... Yes. And there, like, there wasn't anything else on the market like it uh, to that degree. And I just wanted to create a product that was completely covered everything you would ever want to know. I mean, even if you're just making cakes in general, there's so much information in them that's useful. And the great thing about it is the community that I had built, I have a Facebook group of about 24,000 people and they all contributed to the process the whole time. Like I, it was literally my devotion to them as they were a part of like what recipes I, they wanted, what chapters were needed, what other additional information did they want me to write about or research? What type of like table ingredients did they want? They were involved um, uh, during the whole process, which was really lovely. 
great. And then you have a ready market as well <laughs> that you've tailored yes. the, the product for, which is brilliant. I mean, yeah. the, looking at your website, you've it's clear you've got quite the repertoire <laughs> of cakes, you know, that you've designed and, mm. and developed. Um, was it hard? I, you know, I know you had input from the community, but was it hard to kind of leave some out or pick and choose which ones you put in? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, there's a few cakes in there that would have been interesting to add, uh, but I just didn't quite get to them. Like I wanted to develop the only, the only issues that I came up against is creating cakes like an angel food cake that you, that are using vegan ingredients that are really hard to get a hand, a hold of. So I really tried to only include recipes that, you know, you could generally easily get the ingredients if you wanted them. So that's the only, like, there's a few recipes like that. I was like, oh, it's just too hard for people to get these ingredients. So. Yeah. I, I yeah. actually noticed that. I mean, even some of the really, really fancy ones, and there are some quite, <laughs> quite advanced cakes in the book, but uh, you know, there's um. I think it's like from a cost point of view, it's a lower bar. Like you really don't have to spend that much money to make a vegan cake compared to, you know, making a, a non-vegan cake. The ingredients are, well, a lot of the ingredients are relatively inexpensive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look through history, the first vegan cake came out of the depression in the 1920s. And that was simply because people couldn't afford eggs, butter and milk. So they were trying to figure out how they could make cakes with um, literally the barest ingredients possible. And that's when the wacky cake was invented, which is like one of the first vegan cakes. So this myth around vegan food and ingredients being expensive, uh, I feel is easily debunked um, depending on like what type of cakes you want to make. And like some of the recipes in the book are so simple and so basic, and it's just using basic ingredients that you should have in your cupboard anyway. So there's a lot of... Um, uh, inexpensive ways to create vegan food. I mean, saying that there is some expensive, fancy vegan products on the market, but like that depends if you, you don't have to have them. Yeah. So I guess only if you want really good cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, even that's coming down in price now as more people buy the products and more companies, uh, you know, come out of the woodwork and are creating products, it gets more competitive and they're getting cheaper, which is great. Yeah, economies of scale. And, and I guess also yeah. with the, the ecological, not just the animal rights, which should be enough, but, you know, the ecological imperative becomes pretty significant. Yeah, oh, absolutely, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know it's dull of me. I'm gearing myself up for the really tricky ones, but uh, I keep going back to the vanilla butter cake. It's so good and so flexible. And I've just, you know, been able to use it in about 10 different ways. Um, do you have a favorite you keep returning to? I mean, I think my, I have two really favorite cakes. One is the, um, the princess cake, the Swedish princess cake, the green one. Uh, I have, it was the first cake I actually developed for my uh, cooking show, Vegan Around the World, which is through my Patreon audience. Uh, and there was a lot of time spent creating that cake. So I have quite a love affair with it and I absolutely love it. It's very beautiful. Uh, and the second one that I, I absolutely adore is the gluten-free black cinnamon, uh, black sesame seed licorice cream cake. Mm. Uh, it's just so divine and the texture is so, so soft. And I just love how the black sesame seed and the licorice come together. Just they marry so well uh, in, that, in that recipe. They would have to be my two favorite cakes, I feel, yeah. 
Oh, good. Just so I know what to focus on gearing myself up for. <laughs> the Swedish princess cake is a lot. It's a yeah. lot of effort. So just like if you're going to make that, that's like two to three days. But yeah. the, the gluten-free um, black sesame cake, you can make that in a day easily. Yeah. And I love those flavors. But I will say of the, the Swedish princess cake, um, that is uh, freely available um, online. Your your uh, little course for that is the one that you put up free. So uh, I'll link to that in the yes. show notes because um, it's a lot less daunting when you actually, when somebody's, and that, this is why your show is so good. Like it's much less daunting if, if somebody's actually watched you cut things a certain way and, you know, um, all your little tips that you give out um, kind of almost unknowingly as you're doing it. So uh, I think that's, yeah. uh, I'll link to that so people can, if they want the advanced <laughs> tutorial, that's the one to go with. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely fun to see that cake being made. That was mm. a lot of fun, that one. Yeah, yeah. very impressive. Um, I have done I have done cakes that are that hard, but I've just not done them well. <laughs> so just thinking practice, of some kids' seriously. birthday cakes that have, you know, left me sobbing on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking with Sarah Kidd about her new book, The Vegan Cake Bible, published by Smith Street. Um, do you have, Sarah, a tricky holy grail cake that you're desperate to veganize? Yes, I would have to say uh, the angel food cake. Ah. Uh, it, the reason why it's like it's just it's a, it's almost 100 percent eggs. And uh, I've seen a few vegans who are pretty skilled using uh, soy whey from memory, soy whey. Uh, to, to create that really soft, fluffy texture. Uh, but I haven't had a chance to get my hands on those types of ingredients. So I'm excited to do that. Um, there's a really amazing uh, lady, Moira Wright, and she actually has a Facebook group called Soy Whey Egg Vegan Aquafaba Egg Replacer. I think something around that. If you just put that in Facebook, she'll definitely come up. But she's definitely mastered a lot of cakes that are virtually impossible. And I would really love one day to make a Japanese, I think they're called Japanese cloud cakes, and they're just super, super spongy and soft and springy. They look amazing. So, yeah, I'd love to um, tackle two of those, both of those one day. Oh, the Japanese have so many interesting textures that they work with in their foods, don't they? Yeah, I just love how they, they just create this super soft, smooth, silky, fluffy textures with a lot of their cakes and desserts. It's really amazing. But it's like a lot of eggs. So it's just interesting trying to veganize those, those types of um, recipes. Oh, for sure. So you do lots of collaborations. Um, what draws you to them? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I really wanted to build the community for vegan baking and bring as many experts together. I know ne I'm never in competition with anyone. I just wanted to be like friends with everyone, share expertise and advice and help each other grow and thrive together. So when I built, I invited a lot of vegan experts to come on board and promote themselves as much as possible. And I also wanted to support the community and give back. So through my Patreon, I started just hiring a chef to run one of the workshops because I run two a month. Uh, and I felt that was a way that I could like support the vegan community because I pay them to come on and I promote them. Uh, and then it also just that like I don't have all the expertise and all the knowledge. So I wanted to be able to give my audience the opportunity to see what it's like working with other different types of chefs from all around the world at an affordable price. Mm. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing price, really. So I don't know how you do it for, for so little, but yeah, it's great I, value. I'll link to that yeah. in the show notes too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel now in hindsight, because this has all been a very big learning experience for me. I mean, I have about 400 people that are signed up monthly to those courses. So it does, um, they do pay for themselves. However, I I could have definitely charged more thinking from a business perspective. Uh, but now I just can't change the tier rates through Patreon. So it, it is it is what it is. I just keep building the audience. Yeah. Well, it's like $7 a month or something like that. And you just get everything. Yeah, it's very awesome. affordable. It's very yep. affordable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, from it, maybe it's easy for me to say this from the outside, but it does look like the vegan community, uh, particularly the vegan cooking community, is very close-knit, like really good relationships, really supportive um, again, maybe it's different on the inside, but from where I'm sitting, it does look like there's a lot of uh, mutual support. There are, there absolutely is. I felt that when I was going to build this community, I wanted that to be the ethos. I just, I've been in veganism for such a long time and I, I'm just incredibly tired of everyone in fighting. Like there's just so much judgment and so many people fighting with each other, especially now, like I feel the communities have very much dismantled after all the stuff that's happened with um, COVID and all that craziness. Uh, however, the vegan bacon community is still like together. We, the, you, when you come into the community, there's no judgment. Everyone is sharing advice. Uh, and if anyone's being an asshole, they just get kicked out. Like I just don't tolerate it. So everyone knows the rules of the group and everyone's very um, respectful, even if you're not vegan. Like half the people in there aren't vegan, but everyone's just working together to help each other to just thrive in the vegan baking scene that's a part of their life. And it's just built amazing friendships. So many businesses have blossomed out of that group. And it's also given the opportunity to see what's actually possible within vegan baking uh, and that's what I wanted to do yeah I mean obviously outside the community um, sometimes there are some pretty interesting comments that you get uh, I do feel like um, maybe I'm just a, a glass half full type person but you know I feel like we're moving towards a future where eating animal products would be the rare exception rather than the norm um, but are you optimistic about the future or does it feel like you're always and will always fight a hostile contingent Oh, <laughs> that's such a big question. I am, look, I'm a lot more relaxed now than what I used to be. When I was younger, I was pretty fierce and I was very angry. Uh, now I, I have a lot more life experience and I've communicated with so many different people on the topics of veganism, environmentalism, and just general world politics. And everything isn't black and white. So I feel like with the way that the world is going, food is becoming increasingly expensive, uh, especially, especially like meat and dairy. Like we can't sustain those types of products. And I think the more that that information is coming out, the more that people are realizing, obviously, because of the booming, uh, the boom with vegan alternatives is, is it's just escalating consistently, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm not, let's just say I'm not positive or negative about it. I am prepared. So I'm about to live in a tiny home that's fully self-sufficient. Sorry, I got dogs. I'm, okay. I'm moving into a t- tiny home that's completely self-sufficient and off the grid. Wow. Uh, and growing my own food. Like that's currently my state of being. I'm like, I don't really like the way that the mainstream world is going right now. And I would love to just be able to be completely hundred percent 
reliant on my my own existence. So that's kind of the direction I'm going in. I really feel like the world needs to change the way the systems and governments that are in place are not working. Uh, the way that we're mass producing factory farming is not working. Uh, fossil fuels are not working. There's just, yeah, it's escalating to the, to the edge of, of something where what we're doing and the way we're living is, is 100% not sustainable. So something has to change. Uh, and I hope generally like the saying is everything gets really bad before it can get better. So I hope whatever happens within the future that we come together as a species and create something more positive and sustainable for, you know, the human race and people that we should, the beings that we share the earth with. Yes. So to think more in a collective sense rather than in an individualistic sense. Yeah. Yes. That would be, uh, that would be great. I feel like, especially with social media, we've been programmed in the Western society to be very individualistic and only care about ourselves rather than as a collective community. So there's been a lot of there has to be a lot of re-education and, and just mental shift to come together and, and work together. And I feel that with the pandemic and COVID and all that type of stuff, it's completely separated everyone in a very ineffective way uh, that's just had detrimental effect on families, children, people. I mean, I, this, you could talk about this forever, but yeah, I feel like hopefully we're coming, we can, we can shift into a different type of consciousness that will be more beneficial for our future. Oh, well, maybe you could, maybe you'll blog about the tiny home. I feel like lots of people are going to want to <laughs> see that and uh, hear how that's going and, uh, you know, what you do. It's, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I've never done anything like this before. So it's incredibly scary, but I, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just work it out I guess I've always just been someone that if I say I'm going to do something I'll just do it and the majority of the time I just teach myself what to do like no one taught me how to be a vegan baker or a vegan chef I just decided that that's what I was going to do and taught myself through making all the mistakes possible and then I (laughs) I was able to do it so I'm guessing that's probably going to be the same with with a tiny home yeah wonderful it's a it's a Great concept. Really looking forward to hearing more about that. All right, I'm going to change tack um, and just ask you okay. to talk just, <laughs> just briefly um, about sugar. There was a time when I avoided it oh, studiously sugar. and I, yeah, yeah sugar. Yep. And I still sometimes feel that pullback or find myself saying no when I want to say yes. So I've really, I personally have had to, and this is my you know, my upbringing, but I've had to personally teach, reteach myself that it's okay to actually enjoy desserts and that, you know, eating delicious food is actually a form of self-care. Um, have you struggled with that or have other people, has that, that come up? Yeah, that, um, yes. So when I first became vegan, I was obsessed with health and I went into raw veganism straight away, which consisted of eating everything raw and then no sugar, no preservatives, no processed food, literally nothing. Uh, it was seriously the most healthy, healthiest feeling sensation I've ever experienced in my body. Like I used to get euphoria from wellness. I can't explain how amazing it was. And I was like devout and I was living in the rainforest um, strictly on this diet. Uh, also no caffeine, no alcohol. Uh, so I understand the benefits of living like that. 
although it's incredibly hard, and then going into the realisation of becoming a pastry chef and going, okay, I'm doing the opposite and I'm going to be consuming a lot of fat and a lot of sugar, uh, which was like it did have an impact on my health like when I was writing the cookbook I did gain a lot of weight because I was constantly eating cake it just it never stopped and I've just recently moved back to Australia and I'm in a position where I don't have a kitchen and I can't bake and I've had two months off where I've just been on a whole food plant-based diet with no oil and all that weight's come off and I feel 100% better so I have a mixed relationship with sugar I love making cakes but I'm also aware of not having everything in excess. So I feel if you're eating in moderation, it's fine. I mean, if you go to the extremes, I always find that I yo-yo, like I'll go one extreme to the other. So I think everything in moderation and balance is, is the way to go. And look, there's so if you're not wanting to have sugar, there's some great desserts out there, like raw vegan desserts. There's some chefs that I have on my Patreon that are using like unrefined sugars or sugar alternatives like there's always options available if you want to experiment uh it just depends on how strict you want to be and where you are on your health journey i guess sure i i have to say i've personally well yeah you know i'll, I'll go back to to uh zach bird's comment about veganism not being a diet <laughs> um it's just a it totally a, a isn't yeah. um but beyond that you know i do find that actually there's something healthy about going you know what, I'm going to eat the dessert. I don't have to binge, you know, I can just have a piece. And it's actually pretty good for me to say, it's all right to eat delicious food as well. Sorry, I'm just yelling at my tongue. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I feel, uh, I, I guess it depends on your person personality. I'm a very all or nothing person. And I've been trying to just balance that out. So I'm not doing things in excess. Yes. Uh, and yes, veganism is not a diet. And there's been a lot of comments like on the outside of people going, oh, why are you cooking with sugar? Isn't veganism meant to be healthy? And it's like, no, dude, this is a cake. Like it's sugar and fat and flour. Like that's what it is. So yeah, it's just a little bit of re-education that veganism isn't a diet. It's yeah. just, you're just not consuming animal products. Yeah. For sure. So um, you've got a lovely style as well. It's, it's kind of part of the it's part of the the, the, the whole, uh, I guess, persona, really, in a way, you know, this um, it's it's like theater when you're up there and performing. Uh, just talk to me about how that did that evolve? Is that something you, you know, you decided yeah. To... Uh, yeah. So from a very young age, I studied acting and I was very much into theater. And eventually I went into film and television. So I understood the importance of creating a persona and a brand because I really wanted to make uh, veganism, vegan baking very fun. And I love, like, I love costumes and becoming someone's. And I was really into vintage and rockabilly when I first started getting into creating this movement. So I just full on went into it and I, I was really, really fun. And it seemed to make what I was creating pop on the market, like really stand out from everybody else, which I, which I wanted. Uh, so it was just really fun to become that person. As the brand has progressed, though, now that I have so much more experience and knowledge uh, and professionalism, I eventually rebranded just as a vegan chef. And now I just wear a chef jacket uh, because what I found my audience has also grown with me. And they're now very much interested in uh, 
you know, the very technical, detailed side of vegan baking. So that's kind of where I'm at with my brand. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. So um, we're almost out of time, but what's on your desk right now? What are, the pro- what are some of the key projects you have on the go or you're working on a new project or even a wish list? Um, Aside from the angel food cake. I I really would like to develop a course on how to write a cookbook Uh, just because I've I've self-published one cookbook and then I've gone through the process of working with a publisher and I know how to do professional photography, branding and marketing and I would really love to develop a course to help people on their journey to create cookbooks because I've had a lot of people come to me and say, how do I do a cookbook? Uh, so that's one project that I, I would like um, to start. But I'm, I'm in between houses at the moment and I've just relocated into another country. So I'm just completely out of my comfort zone and I'm just trying to recalibrate my life and um, set up my tiny home and get a, get a new kitchen started. So I'm just trying to take it easy, but that's kind of what I've got on the back burner. Mm. Oh, well, the tiny home is quite the project as well. Yes. <laughs> Good luck with Sorry. that. Yes. Thank you. It's so, been, in, I don't know, I've, some days I'm just like, what have I done? What am I doing? This is insane. You're insane. But hopefully, like, it should be finalized within the next month. So hopefully it just, everything just gets settled. Yeah, wonderful. Well, as I yeah. say, I, you know, I think that your followers will probably enjoy even hearing about some of the learnings that come from, you know, developing that. Uh, a little bit more self-sufficiency even if one doesn't go whole hog it's uh it's pretty big right now yes I mean I haven't really told the audience that I've been relocating to Australia I just kept everything on the download because the community's kind of just been looking after itself which has been amazing so some people like have realized that I've relocated uh but yeah eventually once once everything's settled I might make a little video and say hey here's my new kitchen and let's get started on some new adventures yeah, brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. All right. That, that is unfortunately all we have time for today. But listeners, you can get an autographed copy of the Vegan Cake Bible directly from Sarah's website. That's sarahkid.com. And I will link to the site in the show notes, along with a whole range of other things. Um, there are so many great recipes on that site, too. It's really quite, uh, quite a great resource. So go over and check it out. It's delicious, vegan or not. Sarah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for the interview. That was really lovely.